Hey, Merry Christmas, Horizons. Uh, my name's Derek, and I guess I missed the uh, memo for flannel. So maybe you're wearing flannel at home today. Hey, uh, my wife Emma and I are expecting a baby in mid-January is our due date, but in early November, um, we thought and doctors thought that maybe this baby was going to try to be coming early. And so we have spent a lot of time at hospitals making sure mom and baby are monitored and continuing to do well. And uh, that means we've been on labor and delivery floors. We've spent some time on recovery floors. Uh, Emma's spent the night there quite a bit. I've checked in and out of security and waited in line with others by the elevators or the security area. Uh, made, I have made a lot of trips up and down those halls, most of the time on the way to the snack room or back. Um, and I've heard over that time, a lot of babies first cries or, or their first hours or certainly their first days of those young infant uh, cries. In fact, I wrote the start of this message on the fourth floor of a hospital in a hospital room on top of a cart up there that had a plaque right below my laptop that said, do not place infant on top shelf. Um, but even with all this time in the hospital and running into people, even a couple people that I've known, uh, one thing I have not ran into is anyone who thought they were coming to visit a baby that was a king. Uh, today is Christmas Day, which means technically the season of Advent wrapped up yesterday. Advent or Adventist, uh, the word means coming. In the ancient world, when rulers uh, would announce their plan to leave the capital and visit a different part of their region, uh, the people would prepare for their arrival. In the Roman Empire, this was described as the Adventists of the visiting ruler. And there'd be an Adventist celebration when they arrived to where they were going to. And there'd be an Adventist celebration when they returned home. And often months ahead of time, they'd send a messenger ahead to tell the people to prepare for their coming. Now we celebrate Advent in the church, the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And it reminds us of the waiting that the world had to do for a savior. At Horizons, this means we light Advent candles in our worship services. We've also celebrated with the kids' Christmas program, Project Hope ornament drive through Christmas Eve candlelight services, youth group parties, caroling, and more. And probably in your life, you've had a Christmas season as well, maybe office Christmas parties, Christmas lights, gatherings with friends or family, and uh, maybe some Christmas music. But now today it's Christmas Day and it might feel like later today or tomorrow or sometime this week that it's over, like this season is done. But that very first Christmas Day, although it was the end of waiting, it probably didn't feel like something was wrapping up. Rather, people were probably leaning forward on the edge of their seats wondering what was about to start. It probably didn't feel like anything was coming to a close. Rather, it felt more like something very big was just beginning. We're going to read today uh, from Matthew, uh, Matthew 2. It's, Matthew records, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. There was a reason that they were asking this question. There was a problem. 
there already was a king, King Herod. And they knew, and King Herod certainly knew, that when God was ready with a new king, that meant the old king was done. Previous times in history when this had happened with multiple kings, the kings would end up going to war with each other to figure out who was really in charge. And so King Herod, Herod the Great, was probably around 67 years old at this time, around 5 B.C., He was the king of Judea, and he had the support of the entire Roman Empire over him. Um, But he was also becoming increasingly paranoid. His health was also in decline. And many were anticipating his death and wondering, or maybe even hoping, that God would raise up a new king from the line of David, a king who would rule with righteousness and justice. King Herod didn't think that was necessarily good news. Like Luke would say, this child is destined to cause the rising and falling of many in Israel. Matthew picks up by saying, When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. The scholars who advised Herod um, would have, were asked where this Messiah was to be born, and they would have been looking back to prophecy to figure out anything they could to tell King Herod all that they knew. And you notice Herod uses the word Messiah here. Messiah means anointed king. It actually has the same meaning. Messiah is a Hebrew, and Christ means the same thing in Greek. Christ is not actually Jesus' last name. It actually means anointed king. So people at that time would have known Jesus as the anointed king. Christ was not a name. It was a title, which would mean this would end history as everyone knew it. Matthew picks up by saying, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may too go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw a child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Not to burst uh, the Christmas Day bubble today, but likely by the time the Magi actually arrived, Jesus was maybe even a year old or maybe even older, maybe up to two and so the Magi arrived to this old, older baby or young toddler, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They bowed down to him like they would bow down to a king. They worshipped him like they would worship a god. And this new anointed king was about to start a completely different type of kingdom. From what everyone else at the time would have expected This kingdom would be completely upside down. 
It would be an other's first way of living. People who would choose to be part of this kingdom wouldn't end up hoarding power and resources for themselves. Rather, like the king, they would use whatever power they had and whatever resources they have and leverage them for the good of others. The people in this kingdom following this king would loan to others and not expect to be paid back. In the early days, um, the followers would sell their property and give to anyone who had needs. People who had once been pushed to the fringes of society were now sat down at the same table as the king. You would have expected this king to spend time with religious leaders or, uh, or other big leaders, but instead he'd sit down and spend time with sinners One philanthropist recently shared, uh, it's not human nature to give up privilege, particularly when we feel it's hard earned. But this king would call his followers to just that. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. In this kingdom, instead of people serving the king, like had always been done up to this point, that's normal, everything was people serving the king. In this kingdom, though, the king would serve the people. In this kingdom, instead of people laying down their lives to protect the king, the king would lay down his own life for the people. And King Herod, who had plenty of resources and built very large buildings years and years later today would just be a footnote in the story of King Jesus. When the term Christian started, it didn't mean you were a certain religion. It meant you were a follower of the way, a follower of Christ, a follower of the new anointed King. And so the question this Christmas isn't really, do you believe I guess that's the start. The question this Christmas is, are you following this king? Forgiven people wouldn't be the ones who would change the world from this time forward. Rather, people who were forgivers, who lived like the king, would change the world from this moment forward. In 2018, uh, there was a Friday that I was at home, uh, off work that day getting things done around the house. And on the TV, I had um, Billy Graham's funeral, a really really famous evangelist that drew huge crowds to everything he did. Um, And I I would kind of watch it once in a while because it was interesting. There were a lot of famous people there. And so I would work on a project and kind of keep an eye on it. And I remember getting sucked into it um, at a certain moment of the funeral service. And that's when his daughter, Ruth Graham, got up to speak. You can actually look it up on YouTube later today if you'd like uh, in full, and I encourage you to do that. But she got up and shared uh, that after 21 years of marriage, her marriage ended in divorce. She said she was devastated, she floundered, and she did a lot wrong at that time. She moved away and was introduced to another man. Uh, The problem was her children didn't like him, and her parents were encouraging her to slow down. And she picks up with these words. She said, they had never been a single parent. 
They had never been divorced. What did they know? So being stubborn, willful, and sinful, I married this man. This man on New Year's Eve. And within 24 hours, I knew I'd made a terrible mistake. After five weeks, I fled. I was afraid of him. What was I going to do? I wanted to go talk to my mother and father. It was a two-day drive. Questions swirled in my mind. What was I going to say to daddy? What was I going to say to mother? What was I going to say to my children? I'd been such a failure. What were they going to say to me? We're tired of fooling with you. We told you not to do it. You've embarrassed us. She said, let me tell you, you women will understand. You don't want to embarrass your father. You really don't want to embarrass Billy Graham. And many of you know that we live on the side of a mountain. And as I wound myself up the mountain, I rounded the last bend in my father's driveway. My father was standing there waiting for me. As I got out of the car, he wrapped his arms around me and he said, welcome home. There was no shame. There was no blame. There was no condemnation, just unconditional love. And you know, my father was not God, but he showed me what God was like that day. When we come to God with our sin, our brokenness, our failure, our pain and our hurt, God says, welcome home. And that invitation is open to you. I remember hearing this that day and, uh, and just being amazed by the story. And then I, I instantly thought, this sounds a lot like something that Jesus taught. And you and I are invited not just to believe in Jesus, but to follow him. We're not invited just to learn about Jesus or even teach about Jesus. We're invited to live like Jesus lived and love like Jesus loved. Because if a king were to live like this, and if his followers were to try their hardest to live like he did, the weary world would have a lot of reasons to rejoice. A king is born. And it's, although it's the end of the waiting, more so it was the start of something big, a brand new kingdom. A king is born, and his kingdom will never end. Herod didn't think this was such good news, but I I think the angel was probably right when they said, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Merry Christmas, Horizons.